welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Good morning, everybody. Uh, this is my friend Liz. Liz is uh, on the advisory team, and so um, she's going to share a little something-something for us. So take it away, Liz. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, so I'm on the advisory team, and so the team asked me to come up and talk to you just for a couple minutes. Um, first of all, I just want to say that we are really excited about what is happening in this community. Um, just really sense the spirit at work, especially through what Micah is saying and what um, Ben is leading in worship, and then you know beyond Sunday mornings, definitely within life groups and missional communities. So um, with that, I really think that God is at work here, and I believe that if he is working, he is the one that provides and make things, makes things happen. Um, if it's his thing, he'll make it happen. So I do want to tell you, we are really committed to being um, upfront and transparent with you all about finances. And so really quickly, last month, we kind of had a rough month around here, and we came up about almost $7,000 short from what we generally need. And we dipped into our savings to cover for last month, and we're not in a place of crisis by any means. We want to tell you that that happened, and we want you all to be aware of that, and, and then ultimately say, please be in prayer about what that means for you and your family. Um, I think, you know, if you're coming to church here, if you're part of the community outside of Sunday morning gatherings, now is the time to really consider um, how to give in a financial way. Um, and if you're already giving, I would suggest that you pray some more and see if there's more that God would have you give. Um, so we believe in what's happening here. We know that God will use all of us and maybe people beyond this room too to help continue what's happening. But that's my plea and my call to you all today from the leadership team. Thank you. Thanks, Liz. Appreciate it. Um, I think one of the... Um, as we kind of talked as an advisory team, <clears throat> and for those of you that are not familiar with that language, this is what we call our elders here at Awaken, or, or in traditional terms. Um, one of the things that we wanted to say was, one, many of you have given and are investing in this community, and um, very, very grateful um, for that, so thank you. Um, but also just a reminder that this is something that um, we believe God is in, and we want to invite you to be a, a part of that. Um, so, uh, I... I had this sense that if, if, you know, three months down the road when we sort of do our quarterly report, those numbers came up on the board, people would say, why didn't you tell us? Um, and so we want to just say this is, this is uh, October, and uh, there's the info. So pray, consider, and uh, that's that. Um, okay, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to get them. We are uh, in a series, and actually um, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna finish uh, our series called Theography this morning, and this has been a, a, a reflection on my time in Israel uh, about six, eight weeks ago. Uh, part of me is a little um, sad that this, this could be the last Sunday. I never, I, re- I always reserve the right to change my mind on this, because uh, actually, as I sort of prepared for this morning, I had three different teachings that I was sort of wrestling with and wondering about. Um, but uh, as they say, the show must go on and Advent begins next week and we have an Advent series planned, which we're excited about. So at least for now, Theography will be, will be closed this morning. Uh, and what I want to do this morning is I want to share uh, an experience that I had there. Uh, if you were here a couple of weeks ago, uh, I mentioned that there was a story that I'm holding and that I wasn't sharing. Uh, and as I really wrestled and prayed and thought about... Um, where to go this week, I've sensed God just continually bringing me back to this uh, 
experience that I had. Um, and here's why I want to share it. Uh, one reason why I want to share it. I, was, I met with Renee, who is my spiritual director, and uh, shortly after I came back, and I've really only told this story that I'm going to tell you guys this morning to a, ha- a handful of people. And as I was telling Renee, uh, I'm, I'm explaining this whole uh, experience that I had, and midway through the conversation, she takes off her shoes, which I thought was a little bizarre. You know, quite honestly, she, like, we're sitting there, and she just slips off her shoes in the middle of my conversation. And uh, as we get to the end of it, she said, um, I have tried to put this practice into, uh, you know, whenever it's appropriate and when I can, that when I sense um, just the sacred presence of God, I try to take off my shoes to say this is, this is a space that's holy and, this is, and God's presence is here. And so um, she said, as you told the story, Micah, um, I, I think that, that you need to sit with this for a little while. I want to affirm that sort of sentiment or that thought, but... Um, I'm going to tell you this, and I, I, don't, want, I don't tell you to, to sort of puff, puff you up, but um, I want you to know that I think that at some point your community might need to hear this. I feel like I got a letter from Paul as you told that story. And I feel like, you know, of all the questions and the doubts that I have, as I heard you tell the story, I felt like I was there. And I had this sense of, I believe it. Like you were there. You felt it. You saw it. You experience the presence of God, and I'm going to be okay, um, because I know that you were there. And so uh, she said, you know, I think the Lord will, you'll know when it's right, and you'll know when it's time. And so um, here goes, right? Uh, This is going to be less of a teaching, uh, and it's going to be more of just a story. Uh, And I've kind of framed it in chapters. And it kind of culminated for me uh, on the steps of the, the, um, what was the the steps of the second temple of Judaism, which is the the temple in Jesus' day. Um, And for whatever reason, um, I have something clicked for me. Uh, I was sitting with uh, Alan, who is um, the rabbi that helped lead this trip, and he said something to me. Um, that sort of clicked things into place about uh, Matthew chapter 5 and Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. Um, So I want to start there, and I'll just show you a couple of pictures. Um, This was um, one of the days of of my trip in Israel. And this is, now when when you go to, if you go to Israel, your guide might say something like, tradition would say that this is the location of dot, 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 or uh, it's believed to be that this is the location of dot, 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 and then there, there were other times when near our guide said, uh, this is real, like, no questions about it. Uh, this is traditionally what uh, is believed to be the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus would have gone up on a hillside, and people would have gathered uh, along this sort of ridge and listened to him teach about, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are, so on and so forth. Um, and so as we kind of saw this, I thought, yes, this fits with everything that I've thought about. I could imagine, you know, Jesus here. I could imagine the people there. And I just had a, kind of had this sense of, ah, yes, like resonance. And then we went to what's actually, you know, the, the like site where there's a church and this is it. And there are like a billion people there. 
Uh, and it's sort of major disconnect for me between like this peaceful sort of, you know, teaching moment that Jesus has where he sits and he's offering these thoughts and then all of these people, just these throngs of people gathered. Now, granted, the church is beautiful. Uh, I think there's another picture of, I mean, look at this thing. It's just absolutely exquisite. I didn't take this. There's a watermark here if you can see that. You're like, wow, that's a really great iPhone picture. <laughs> it's not mine. I bought it off, I got it off the internet's. Um, but this is the, the Mount of Beatitudes. This is a church, uh, a site that's um, sort of kept by a group of nuns that, that uh, the Catholic Church has there. And so there it is. It's, uh, it's quite beautiful. And I think there's one other picture. Uh, this is where we ended up our study session, just kind of under a eucalyptus tree, where we studied Matthew 5 and, and what, what I'm about to at least a piece of what I'm going to share. And if you remember, this is, the, this is the, uh, the region of the Sea of Galilee. So we're here, and this basically sits right here on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee between Capernaum and Magdala. So it's the northern part of Israel. It's right on the western shores of the Galilee, and it's, it's quite beautiful. Um, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 5. And we're just going to read this one, this one passage, uh, chapter 5, verse 3. And as you turn there, I'll say that this, the, the Beatitudes is one of the most, I think, one of the most misunderstood and vastly interpreted passages in the New Testament. You get um, all the way back uh, in, in sort of the, the medieval times where it was believed that this was basically just for the, the clergy, just for the people who were, you know, the professional pastors and, and priests, that this kind of offering that Jesus gives was for them. Uh, you have later on, Luther says basically this is like an impossible demand like the law is in the Old Testament. Luther talks about the law being this thing that no one could ever uh, uh, sort of um, assume or no one could ever get to, and so it shows our need for grace, it shows us our need, and he says that the Sermon on the Mount is the same thing, except New Testament version. It's sort of no one could ever do this, it just sort of shows you your need for grace. Uh, fundamentalists sort of uh, have seen this as the, all of the ways in which you need to, if you want to get God's blessing, you have to do these things. So if you want this blessing, then you got to get this. You got to be poor in spirit, you got to be hungry, you got to so on and so forth. So lots of different ways that people interpret this passage. My understanding of the Sermon on the Mount is really kind of in two sections. The first is, these are the places that God meets us. This is where God meets us. And then it moves on in the second half to, this is then how we meet the world and how we interact with the people that we come in contact with. So Matthew 5 verse 3 says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's these little stones actually along the pathway up to the church with all the Beatitudes on it. What does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to be poor in spirit? What is the kingdom of heaven? All questions that are worth wondering about. So last week, I'm sitting with Rabbi Allen in uh, Rustica over in Edina, and he says to me, as we're talking about Israel and we're thinking about uh, just kind of remembering this trip and this experience that I want to share with you, he says to me, Micah, we spend our lives trying to climb out of our brokenness. When in actual fact, it is the key to the kingdom. It is the place where God meets us and extends a hand for a walk in the garden of delight, naked and unashamed. What if that's true? What if our brokenness is the place where God meets us and extends us a hand to walk in the garden of delight? Eden being not just a physical place, but a way of experiencing God and ourselves in the world. 
And what if to be in relationship with God is to be naked and unashamed, vulnerable, offering all that you are? What if it's there? And in this moment, he says this, it's our brokenness that is the key to the kingdom. The kingdom not being heaven after we die, but the kingdom being the way in which we were created to live. All that God has for you and created in you and invites you to step into. And it's like one piece of the puzzle just clicks into place for me. So I want to tell you about that. Um, Back up a little bit, chapter 1. Last summer, we're in a study session, and we studied this passage from the Talmud, which is extra-biblical. It's a a part of Jewish literature. Um, And in this story, there's a guy named Choni Hamagel. And his name actually means um, Grace the Circle Maker. And in this story in the Talmud, Choni... uh, He's a prophet, and the people come to him, and there's no rain. It's, it's a drought, and they're wondering why this is happening. And Choni, literally in the story, he draws a circle, and he stands in it. So Choni Hamagel is like actually living his name, Grace the Circle Maker. And he stands in this circle, and he quotes from Habakkuk, and he says this passage of, Upon my watch I will stand, and I will speak. And I'm telling this story in the study session. We're talking about name. We're talking about living in your name, standing in your name, and who God has called you to be. And I tell this story to the group about uh, Toph and Ben and I were, uh, uh, something had happened, and Toph, Toph and Ben were looking to me to teach, looking to me to lead. And in this moment, it was like this surreal kind of, I was looking around and waiting for somebody to teach me. And I was looking around waiting for somebody to lead me. And as I shared this story with them, um, there is within me, and there has been for the better part of a decade, this prayer, this longing, this deep desire in me for a man to affirm me and to see me and to lead me and mentor me and even father me in some ways. And it has been uh, something that I have prayed for and longed for and cried over and poured out my heart for somebody with skin on to fill this role in my life. Uh, Important for me to say here that I have a great dad. uh, Growing up, he supported me. He loved me. He was always standing at the Zamboni doors at every hockey game I ever played um, and still does support me. But this is a longing that I have that that, um, my dad just couldn't live into. Uh, and I hope and pray that someday uh, he can, whether for me or for somebody else. And in this session, Alan says to me, Micah, what does Micah mean? And I say, he was like God. That's what my name means. And he says, Jesus, who represents God, Jesus the rabbi, which means teacher, And he says, isn't that what you do every week? And in a way that only this man can do, Alan draws a circle, and he names it, and he invites me to stand in it. And I remember in that moment thinking, no, I will not stand there. I will not do for other people what no one will do for me. I won't do it. A few months ago, I'm sitting with Toph at Sun Street, 
and I'm telling him a story about Tuzier. Many of you know Tuzier, who's a young church planter. And uh, I had this experience with Tuzier where he and I were sitting actually at the same table at Sun Street, and I'm talking, and he's telling me about his journey and church planting and all the struggles that he's, and like something just comes alive in me in a way that I have never experienced before. Where here I am with this kid. Kid, he's 20-something. Look at me, like I'm all that old. Here's this young man who's, who's open and willing to learn, and something like a switch flips in me, and something comes alive in me that I've never experienced before. And I remember telling Laura about it, and I remember having another experience like that at a, a church planting a, a training where I had the opportunity to teach and to lead and to mentor these young church planters, and it was like something I'd never seen or experienced in myself before. And I'm telling this story to Toph, and Toph says, maybe this is beautiful, Micah. It's, it's like God is rewriting your story and redeeming your past. And I looked at him, and I said, then why am I so angry? Why am I so bitter? Why am I so, even, even, even though this is true, and I said, I remember saying, I, like, I'm so thankful if the gospel is the gospel, then yes, God should do that and would be found doing that, redeeming something that has happened in my life that maybe wasn't the best, but why am I so mad? And I just could not get past these two extremes of this joy that I experienced in this moment and being really, really angry about that. So a little bit later, I'm with Renee, again, my spiritual director, and uh, I'm telling her about this experience telling Toph and being really angry. And uh, I, I said to her, I, will I ever get to the point where I'm not mad, where I'm not angry about that anymore? And she says, it sounds maybe, maybe you're not done with the anger yet. Maybe there's something there for you to learn um, in your anger. As if to say, someday you won't be angry, but right now, uh, you are. Maybe there's something to teach. Um, and the question that I kind of heard was, what is it that's blocking you from moving on? Which is like one of those classic spiritual direction questions, right? You can't answer these questions. These people make a living asking questions nobody can answer. You know, I mean, it's just like, that'd be a good gig if you could get it. So fast forward to Israel. I am, uh, we're on the Sea of Galilee, and I assumed that the desert for me would be the place where God would speak. The word desert in, in biblical Hebrew has the root deber, and deber means to speak. And if you read the scriptures, you find that over and over and over again, when people go to the desert, God speaks. And so I'm really looking forward to the desert. It's kind of our last stop in, along the journey. And the Sea of Galilee just totally snuck up on me. We come around this corner, and I see for the first time this lake. And it was like, I was already there, like something in me. And I remembered in an instant being 14 or 15 years old in Chicago, and for the f really for the first time saying yes to Jesus. I heard a story by a guy named Mark Gold, who was a a youth pastor who at that time was old. I think he's still doing youth ministry now. And he told the story about Peter and Jesus on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus tells Peter to, you know, cast his net and he gets this fish and in this fish's mouth there's this coin and in, then you can 
give the tax with this coin. And this was the first moment. This was the moment when I heard God say, follow me. And I said, yes. And so like, here it is right there out in front of me. And this is a picture of the sun rising over the Sea of Galilee. So one night we're sitting on the, on the shores of the Galilee and these people uh, that I'm sitting with, somehow we get on this conversation of um, what do you want? This question that Jesus continually asks, what do you want? And so I, here I go. Uh, I say, I want somebody, I want a man to affirm me and see me and pursue me and mentor me. And somebody in the group says, well, have you ever thought about praying about this? Have you ever had one of those moments where like, it is just, it's as deep as it goes for you and somebody offers something that in, you know, in the best of intentions, but it's just not the right thing to say. And so I'm like, I just let it fly. Like unfiltered, expletives, F words. I mean, I just go for it. And then she, and then she says, maybe, maybe God wants to do that for you. And I'm like, if you say, I'm thinking to myself, if you say God is our perfect heavenly father, I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) Because I don't want God to be my perfect heavenly father. I want somebody with skin on standing right here. Because I deserve it. And I'm worth that. And I say, this is all in my head. And I just say, can we talk about something else? I'm done. And there's just silence. And all you hear is the sea lapping on the shore. And in the... In the quietness of this moment, it's so clear to me that it's me. That I am the only one Stopping God from doing what God wants to do, which is hold me and pick me up. And I remember writing in my journal uh, the question that I must consider is if I'm willing to let God hold me. And I wrote this question, what do you want? And in my journal I wrote, I want you to bless me. And I want to know my name. And I want, I want a man to see me and affirm me. So we leave the Galilee, we go to Jerusalem. There's a passage in Isaiah 2 that talks about um, the mountain of the Lord and ascending the hill of the Lord. And uh, come, let us go to the mountain, the temple of God. Um, and I'm just going gonna, gonna to skip the next couple pictures because... Uh, um, So maybe skip eight and nine, I I guess it is up there. Um, And so we go to Jerusalem, and uh, I wrote in my journal the day before, 
I think I might be tired of being angry. It was like something clicked in me, something broke in me in the Galilee. And I said, I think I might be tired of being angry, and I think I might be ready to lay it down. I have ascended the mountain of the Lord, and I have a sacrifice to bring. So, if you know, the Wailing Wall in, in Jerusalem is a place where people have stuffed prayers for years and years and years, and it's just jam-packed. They actually have to take them out, and they, they take them and uh, they bury them on the Mount of Olives because so many people come. And, um, so we were supposed to go to the Wailing Wall, and we, it was a zoo. It was a Monday, and on Mondays and Thursdays, all the kids who are bar- being bar mitzvahs come, and they read, and it's, 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 an, it's nuts. They have merrymakers, like, playing drums and blowing horns, and it's, like, you can't make it up. So we ended up going to the southern part of the wall, and on the south side of the, the temple uh, are the original steps that lead up to the Temple of Jerusalem. And so I have this prayer. God, I'm tired of being angry. I don't want to carry this anymore, and I will let you father me. I don't know what this means, but I'm open. Hineni, here I am, is what I wrote. And so I go up to this wall, and keep in mind, this is a picture-perfect day. It's 72 degrees. It's perfect blue skies. There's not a breath of wind, and there is nobody near us. In Jerusalem, on a Monday morning, nobody is on the south wall. Not a single group of people except for us. Near and Alan said later, in 30 years of touring, I've never seen anything like this. Like this was a sacred moment. So I go up to the wall and I put this thing in the wall, this prayer, and I keep hearing, kneel. Kneel. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The word bless in Hebrew is baruch, and it means to kneel. I keep hearing kneel, and I keep saying no. (laughs) You stubborn ass. (laughs) And I walk away. I literally, I, I hear God speaking so clearly, kneel, 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 and I just say no, no, no. And I walk away. And it just relentless will not stop. Kneel. Kneel. Okay. And I think in my head I said something else. Like, I'll let you fill in the blank. This is how I talk to God. <laughs> okay, fine. You win. So I go back up and I kneel. And it's just still. Nothing happens. And so I make my way back down the steps, and I want to find a step. Near has said, you know, there's places that are traditional, this is what believe, and then there are like, this is real. And he says, this is real. If a rabbi comes to Jerusalem in the first century and teaches at the temple, he sits right here on these steps. And so I find this step that some of them are reconstructed. This one 
obviously is real. And I sit down, and it is, it is literally like the earth is shaking, vibrating underneath me. I have never felt anything like it, and I just keep hearing, teacher, if you want your name, And then who comes and sits right next to me? I just bury my head in this man's chest and weep. Nah, don't do it. <laughs> but this is the moment, right? These are the moments when, like a father, like a mother, God comes and sits next to us and puts his arm around us and then lets us make one more move. And so I just move. And we weep together. <laughs> At breakfast last week, Alan said, don't teach anything you don't know. And this is what I know our brokenness and our deepest desires and our deepest longings are the place where God meets us. Blessing requires kneeling. Blessing requires putting it down. It requires kneeling. And it's my belief that this is what God looks like. I don't know what it looks like for you. I don't know who or what God looks like. But for me, it looks like that. Would you pray with me? God, I... Thank you. Thank you for never giving up. Thank you for always waiting. Thank you for grace. Thank you for your love. I still don't know what this means, what it looks like for you to father me, but here I am. I pray that your spirit would take whatever it is that is here and the seeds of this and would plant it deep in the hearts of my friends. And I pray that you would meet us. If, you, uh, if you're here long enough, um, you probably recognize a theme that we visit a lot, which is one of invitation. And uh, I guess I would just maybe close this series um, with a reminder and an invitation to you um, that the deepest, deepest places in your heart 
things that maybe you haven't told anybody or that you have spoken to a few. My experience has been that when we bring those and we say, okay, God, Hineni, here I am, that God meets you. God's heart is beautiful. It's beautiful. Like nothing I've ever seen. So, I invite you to that place to do that and to walk it out. For me, I don't know what this looks like. But I'm open. And I've said, God, okay, here I am. And even... Even just in that moment, God says, yeah, okay, here they are, blessings. But it's a journey, and it's, it's, uh, it's, not a, it's not magic. And so I continue to wrestle with God, what does it mean for you to father me and to, to fill that longing that I have? Um, but I want to just testify and say that this has been my experience. So... Hopefully it blesses you. Hopefully it invites you, challenges you. Grace and peace to you. Because that's what God has offered. Grace and peace. I love you guys. See you next week. online at www.awakeningcommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash awakening community or on Twitter at awakening community. See you next time.